Welcome to another episode of Open World Chat. I am John Odom and I am joined by Jazzy Jim Dandino. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? And and today the topic is 2022. Is it a keeper or do we dig out the gift receipt and box it up and take it back for something else? Oh, no, we haven't had a keeper year since like 2009, 2008. No, because that was a financial crisis. Everything's been shit since like 99. Well, this is the year we could all get out and talk to each other face to face again. That's fair. We, at least we can go to the bar and bitch about it together. That's true. Although yeah. now our excuses for missing meetings in person, you know, the meetings in person things happening again. That's that that may take it right off my list right there. I, I, we're not I, I am not requiring people to go to meetings in person if they don't have to. <laughs> uh, because I agree, it's horseshit. Why would I spend two hours in the car driving to something that could have been an email? I know, right? This is the future. Why aren't we take? We should be taking full advantage of it. Everything can be on screens. Everything can be over the phone. Why the hell not? It's why. It's why we have this stuff. Hmm. Well, Jim. So I think we should start the best of or the of. I don't know if this is going to be best of or just of twenty twenty two. No, it's going to be best stuff. It's going to be best stuff that we experienced in 2022. It is not going to be things that were published in 2022. It's not going to be things that were released in theaters or on video on demand or streaming in 2022, because I think the best movie from 2022 that I saw this year was the first 28 minutes of Everything Everywhere All at Once on an airplane last week. And then the baby pooped up her front and I had to stop watching it. Oh, so if I said that my, my big movie of the year was Mothra, we'd be okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's great. Uh, I, I think my favorite superhero movie that I watched for the first time in 2022 was the Batman just because it was, um, it was a very strange billionaire <laughs> doing self-destructive things that only hurt himself and that felt like a really winning fantasy this year i had a hard time with the batman i was just talking about this with somebody else and we were deciding retroactively that despite our our trying to convince ourselves otherwise that the batman actually was not good it didn't work at a lot of levels the ending was uh sort of tied together dumb you know all the the bad guy wins okay bad guys win sometimes but because the bad guy wins this batman suddenly decides to be batman so it's got a silver lining you know all these people die and the city's wiped out but batman for some reason now for some uh that was very unclear now is going to be batman and i interesting I will have to go back and rewatch it because that's not the vibe I got off of it. But also I can justify that in my brain. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the other thing I'm sick of with mm-hmm. the Batman and all this Batman, 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 more Batman, please mm-hmm. is, you know, I want to see the Batman we know from the comics and everybody says that, Oh, I want to see the real Batman. But if, if, Let's narrow it down a little. I take the Batman from the the animated series, the 80s and the 90s. I don't want to see a tank. 
I don't want to see Iron Man. I don't want to see Batman walking down with bullets bouncing off of him. I want him to see him jumping around in the dark, being ninja Batman. He doesn't have the bullets bounce off him. The bullets never get to him. Why are filmmakers unwilling to give us ninja Batman? Jim, answer. Because ninja Batman's not interesting. And uh, also because realistic Batman has broken the concept. Um, every popular, with the exception of the kids' cartoons and some of the comics, every major multimedia take on Batman has endeavored to make him more realistic, mm-hmm. right? Um, even Snyder's was like grim and gritty and you know, well, you know, how broken would he be after 20 years of this mission, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, he wouldn't be. Like, that's something that they do in the comics for a year, and then they move off of it because it's tedious and stupid. Batman's not realistic. Bat- not, Batman could not possibly exist in the real world. Right. So why right. are we worrying so much about making him realistic? Because there's still that illegitimacy associated with comic books and comic book properties that makes some people want to try and make it something it's not. Haven't we moved? Haven't we moved beyond that? Finally, hasn't some people have Marvel Cinematic Universe thrown all that to the wind? No, because when the when the MCU movies smirk at the camera and quip, that's them doing the same thing. It's them acknowledging the ridiculousness of the concept. They 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 go with it and they you know everything is like a dull gray camp in most of the MCU and they've gotten away from it more in phase 4 um but it's still like not taking the concept seriously broadly there are individual instances where they do take the concept seriously um and or they do take the the medium that these things came from seriously and they you know black panther for example still haven't seen wakanda forever we're going eventually it's probably going to be on streaming before we end up seeing it because that hurts because it's interesting you mentioned that because that's exactly where what you were saying was going to take me to was black panther you've got uh black panther wakanda forever does not condescend to the source material does not condescend to the viewer for caring for the source material but it has ankle wings ryan coogler when questioned about that said it's comics you have to lean into the weird you have to lean into the weird is exactly that so and you can they, lean into the weird and not be self-conscious about it and and not condescend in any way shape or form to the viewers or the material and he does that and i think he does a great job in that movie he does that and and the best moments in the mcu also do it right cap pulling the hammer to himself is an old school like movie theater applause line right mm-hmm. and there's no smirk even thor yelling out i knew it is like he's the audience standing at that point it's mm-hmm. not a smirk it's not sarcasm it's not a wink at anybody it's like holy shit this is so cool right the ankle wings are the same deal it's ridiculous but it's part of the history and it they made it look pretty good from the commercials that i've seen um but oh, it, it, it looks ridiculous don't get me wrong it no but it ridiculous. doesn't look it looks but it ridiculous doesn't matter. But you're it doesn't, immersed exactly right at, you know so much of this stuff is either smirking or condescending like you said to the source material and 
that's why we end up with all of these realistic takes on Batman. Whereas James Gunn, oh shit, Peacemaker was this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The TV list is going to be long. <laughs> um, we should we should move off of movies quickly, but um, like James Gunn recognizes how ridiculous the source material is, but the stories take the the ridiculous pieces of the source material seriously, and they he doesn't often smirk at it. He will occasionally laugh along with the audience, but um, it, he. I don't want to say it's respectful because it's not respectful. I mean, it's the guy, it's a trauma guy. He's not, you know, like disrespect is at his core, but it's a loving disrespect. It's a, it's an intention disrespect. It's a deconstructive disrespect um, that I think works without being, I don't know what the word is, like wryly post-ironic. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah. Uh, and this, I guess the end of 22, 2022 is sort of the prelude to the year of James Gunn. I'm it? in. I'm in. I'm yeah. in. I, I'm especially in uh, for taking apart the Snyderverse because it sucked. Are you going to be in when his new Superman, the Cub Reporter Superman, is facing off against? Mr. McSaddle Split. Listen, I really like Superman and Lois, the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really like, I look back at the flashback episode that showed him first coming to Metropolis and like the Superman smashes the clan um, references that they make in that episode. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I adore that show. That show is so good. Um, and I'm in whatever, like he's going to do this. It's going to be the same thing and I'm fine with it. Okay. All right. Uh, also the rumor that Henry Cavill is going to play Hyperion in the Marvel, in the MCU. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just one of those fake rumors, right? It probably is, but it would be really funny. And, and, and I wouldn't be shocked to have it spoken into existence here because Henry Cavill and Chris Hemsworth hitting on each other would be amazing. <laughs> Well, I'm sure when the dust settles, we'll be seeing Henry Cavill as Jor-El, right? There's no. Some... No, no, you don't think so? You don't think? No, I think bone? clean break, clean break. I think in 10 years, um, they will they will start to make reference to the Snyderverse stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think they're walking away. Boy, they are. They're closing that door hard from the sound of mm -hmm. it. And as you say, who can blame them? Uh, uh, yeah, it's time. Uh, League of Super Pets was good. I did not see League of Super Pets, but then I don't have kids like you do. That's that 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 is why. Um, <laughs> all right, let's since we're going to spend a shitload of time on television, let's go to games first. Games, the, games. The best game you played. I this gotta year. lean. I gotta lean on you in games because I have not been playing games. I've been finally you've guilted me into reading comics again. I've I've started spending. I got another mortgage so that I can start getting caught up on comics. But go. games have not been doing. Tell me, tell me the games of the year. Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the spiritual successor to the Ninja Turtles arcade games, and it is perfect. Oh. There's, I, 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 it is everything that you remember from going to the arcade with a pocket full of quarters and dumping $12 into those fucking machines so that you could finally beat Krang and the Technodrome. And it's perfect. 
it is in every possible way a perfect arcade game. Wow. You're old. I am very old. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I should check that out. Um, but I'm spending all my time getting caught up on comics now. So I guess that's fair. You should just get Marvel, Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite. Just get those and you're fine. And then I'll give you some, I'll give you some, uh, some image and indie stuff to read. Okay. Well, I got nothing for games. So, okay. so you win that one. You take that one. Well, see, what else have you got? You, you have the floor for games. Uh, that was it. That was it. That was about the extent. I spent a lot of time playing, um, Resident Evil 7 and uh, getting stuck and it scared the hell out of me. That's the, the that Louisiana the, one. Is that, yeah, that's the one with the eight foot tall woman. No, that's is. eight. That's eight. That's eight? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't play that one yet. No, um, no and, and I've, my household is uh, PS, an X, a 360 that I want to bust out when I want to play Marvel Capcom 2. Uh, a PS4 that has the bulk of my gaming on it and a switch. And my year was mostly resident evil six and seven and six blows um, breath of the wild and obliterating breath, breath of the wild. Uh, I do remember when we had our video game episode, I talked about how the open world stuff turned me off to it. Um, but tooling around with it and, not not being a hundred percent obsessive uh brought me back around on it a little bit and i did come back around on the boss fight so the open after. world stuff turned you off but then the open world stuff actually turned you onto it uh it gave me the space to turn myself back on uh, i'm still not thrilled with it i would much prefer a more linear experience um but i'm cool with it I, I, I still think it was better. Oh, Jesus, Metroid. Um, oh. Yeah, the, the new Metroid that came out this year was also staggeringly good. Well, the last game I spent any time actually playing seriously was Breath of the Wild. So I'll just, you know, if we're talking, you know, there you go. Mothra and Breath of the Wild are my, yep. are my things of the year here so far. Oh, no. Yeah, Metroid Dread, I, I would absolutely put up against any games that came out that I didn't play this year. I'm confident that it's going to be better. So movie wise, before we get away from movies, Mm -hmm. give me your thumbs up and thumbs down on. Mm -hmm. You didn't see black Panther yet, right? There was Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. Uh, There was Thor love and thunder. There was black Adam. Uh, What else? Like most of the world, I have not seen black Adam. Oh yeah. Well, what about the other two? Yeah. Um, thumbs down on Doctor Strange two, uh, and the thumbs get further down the further away from it I get. They did Wanda so dirty in that movie, and I don't care for it. Um, uh, thumbs up with with reservations on Thor on Love and Thunder. Yeah, I'm gonna flip those thumbs a little on you. I feel the same way you feel about Wanda. I don't yep. think it was enough to wreck the movie for me, especially since, you know, there's no body. We know there's, there's fan outcry. She's a very popular character. She'll get redeemed. She'll be back. Um, so I'm not going to worry too much about that. Thor, Thor left me cold. There was a lot of good material and talent there squandered, I think. And the mix that, you know, Waititi did not strike that balance between the, you know, the sort of, 
stakes and intensity and the comedy. You know, I mean, you would think if anybody could pull that off, it would be, um, you know, it would be this guy. It'd be the 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 one who brought us crap. That movie he won the award for. Um, yeah, what's that? No, not wilder people. Jeez, he won the award for, wasn't it? No, no, he won. Uh, um, uh, oh God, why am I? Damn it. He won the we're screenplay gonna, gonna Oscar for Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Oh no, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo was bad, Rabbit, though. which was Jojo unique. Rabbit was bad. Oh, it was terrible. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Bite your really? tongue. Yes, it walked this line between comedy and tragedy so much I didn't know whether I was coming or going. He had me chuckling at jokes about clones and then tears in my eyes when the mother died. I mean, I was I was all yeah. over. That. It was just wow. And you think somebody intense. who could balance those can could hit you with those things like that was would Thor Love and Thunder would have been a walk in the park because he's kind of trying to do the same thing, right? Yeah, I, I my so I uh, like I said with reservations, right? And my reservations were gore was underutilized dramatically, um, but they I I feel like they got enough in to make it pay off at the end. Um, and the first 20 minutes of it were like the, the entire cast trying, winking at the audience going, ah, 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 trying to get them to laugh with them. And it didn't land. But like, as soon as Jane came on the scene, I feel like it picked up and it, it found its heart and it was, it was very good from there on with the exception of Gore with the exception of them not developing gore quite enough to, to land it perfectly. Um, there were, I mean, there were a couple of times where the jokes, they did the same thing, right? The jokes hung on too long, trying to draw a laugh out of the audience that wasn't coming. But I, I still think that it was, it was earnest. It was heartfelt. It earned the Jane and Thor stuff. And I'm very interested to see what 90s rock album is the foundation for the next Thor movie. If we get one. No, we're going to get one uh, because they have to. They did Immigrant Song for the last one. They did Sweet Child of Mine for this one. I'm guessing Metallica's Black album. Well, Hemsworth has said they'll have to do something different to get him back. They'll do something different. That's why they get Henry Cavill. They can have a love triangle between him, Jane's ghost, and Henry Cavill. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't know whether I'd watch that or not, but it's you've it's read the idea. you've read the Hickman Avenger stuff where Thor and Hyperion are clearly. <laughs> I I did not infer that actually. All right, I'm yes. going to go back and look. Yes, Thor <laughs> and Hyperion are doing it, and they are parents to those little zebra kids. Okay, mm-hmm. go back and take another look. Yeah, uh, you know there. I didn't know that the kid at the end of that was Captain Universe. Somebody had to tell me. I'm like, what? What? Wait, really? Yeah. Heimdall's kid was Captain Universe? Yeah, yeah, gets the Captain Universe powers at the end with the whole Eternity thing. That's where those crazy powers that she has at the end of the movie come from. Remember, she didn't have any powers. She was just a kid. And then she's out there vroom, vroom, fighting. And there was the, the Captain Universe kind of shimmer and stuff going on. Yeah, she be, oh, she Captain Universe out, man. Powers. He gave what? them the powers. No, he gave them no the all the kids together yeah yes but her powers came when you know she 
was brought back uh, by Eternity. Oh, 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 Gore's kid. Yeah. She's Captain Universe? She's, yeah, I had, it had to be pointed out to me. I went back and looked, and it's like, yeah, all the signs. No way. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, I'm extremely gonna. Uh, she was super cool in Hickman's run. Another one. So uh, one, one movie I will just throw in because it gets a bum rap. Everybody hated it. And speaking of Chris Hemsworth, uh-huh. and I do not know why Spiderhead got so little love. I didn't love it, but it's worth a watch. You want to stream something? You want to stream something sci-fi on, you know, Spiderhead? What's TV, it on? Spiderhead. Um, I think it's on, uh, I think it's on Netflix. Okay. I'll look. Um, yeah, I did not. It. It's good. I, I, I would actually legitimately, my, my movie of the year is probably pray. The yeah, really? Comanche predator movie. Yeah. Hmm. That movie rocked. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I it got a little overhyped for me, but I had a really, really good time with it. I, I thought, uh, I, I thought it was the best predator movie since two. Um, I also enjoyed Hellraiser, even though I'm not super into Hellraiser movies or like gory horror movies. Yeah, I've all that, that much. So yeah, a movie it's... I loved that really doesn't fit here, except that it keeps getting classified as horror because mm-hmm. people don't know what to do with it. So I'm going to use that as my excuse and push the menu. The menu was so much damn fun. I keep dragging uh-huh. everybody I know to see it. I've seen it three times now. That's on my list, as is the Weird Al movie, as soon as I can get access to it. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's got to go on there. Um, all right. And comics. So, comics. And, Did we talk yeah, comics right. yet? Let's talk comics. So yeah. let's break it down into gym superhero bullshit and not superhero bullshit. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, my... we got to start. We got to start with X-Men. Yeah, we have to start with um, the crossover. The crossover. The crossover. The, X. I, I didn't read the crosser. I've been reading immortal, um, immortal and, and, and eternals. What I can from some inference. Cause I don't have the money to read everything. Right. Marvel it- unlimited. I'm telling you it's okay. $10 a month and you get all of this stuff. There has been that the X-Men line has been amazing. Uh, it's been, it was very good after house of X and powers of 10, but strangely enough since hickman left the x-men line has kicked it into high gear vita ayala and rob rice on new mutants um was a classic run on par with what claremont and louise simonson did Ooh. uh oh uh, uh, a, a uh, and it's all it's not navel gazy but it is steeped in new mutants lore and new mutants history, right? Mm-hmm. There is a shadow King story. That is maybe the best shadow King character piece ever done. There is a magic story that is outstanding. Um, that deals with magic's childhood in limbo mm-hmm. and rice is like Bill Sienkiewicz good. Like, and he can ape Sienkiewicz really well. Um, what Simon Spurrier is doing with Legion of X is um, taking the sci-fi pieces of what Hickman laid down and moving it into the future. Um, X-Men Red is stunningly good. Stat- like unbelievably, maybe like Loki, the best in the line. Immortal is outstanding. 
Exterminators is uh, like my top three superhero comics of the year uh, because it's so... I've only read the first two issues so far. The third one's waiting for me at the comic shop, but at least once in each of the first two issues, I had to put the book down. I was laughing so hard. There's a circumcision joke in the second issue that that is... I can't believe they put it in. I can't believe they got it past Marvel censors um, and didn't realize that it was a mature audience's book while they were doing it. Leah Williams is really, really stupid funny. Um, <laughs> but what like Gillen, what Gillen managed to pull off with the crossover is a natural capstone to what he was doing in Eternals and a natural progression for the world that he's building in Immortal. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, isn't that though, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to push a little back a little bit. Cause I, I mean, Gillen is at least in my opinion, much better with characters than Hickman. Hickman's a plot oriented guy. Hickman does characters in broad strokes and he cares about them, but Gillen, you know, he makes characters more character driven. And the fact is that the world is largely built. I mean, Hickman spent all this time and years doing world building. And now he's taken time. He's, he's put it into low gear and he's, he's, we're fleshing out character stories and character histories. And suddenly that, that, uh, you know, the quiet council isn't just a few people that you care about. And the other one's taking up space, starting to care about all of them a little more. Um, Yes, but also Gillen did all of the stuff that Hickman did with Krakoa with the Eternals. Okay. And this pay this this ties together with it, right? Um it's it's it nothing's gonna top Hickman's Secret Wars for me. That's the pinnacle of superhero comic crossovers, but this one's up there. This one is one of my favorite X-Men crossovers of all time. No, I actually um, I can check it there out. Are, there are Eternals moments. There, is, there are some incredible Captain America and Iron Man moments in it. Um, there's obviously like, you know, the Nightcrawler and Jean Grey get their hero moments. The Jean Grey, I think there's a Jean Grey issue of Jerry Duggan's X-Men in the crossover that is stupid good. Like mm. just incredible character study of Jean. Um, and Scott took, and it's, it's just, everything is clicking right now. And I'm, and you, now you're going to add Zeb Wells coming back to do the crossover between Spider-Man and the X-Men with Ben Riley and Madeline Pryor as the bad guys. It's, and it's perfect. It's perfect. No, Zeb Wells, cool. by the way, who had a cameo in the season finale of She-Hulk. Oh, I did not know. He that. was, he was in the writer's room. Is that our segue to TV or should I throw in? Let me just. No, no, no. We've, we've we've got, got we've got, we've got comics bullshit left to do. Um, Batman, Superman, the uh, Mark Wade, Dan Mora book at DC uh, is probably my favorite DC book of the year. Human targets really good too. Um, Detective comics, Rom V's detective comics is incredible. Uh, Phil Kennedy Johnson's action run was best since the Triangle era. I got a soft spot for spot for Flash this year. 
honestly. I haven't been reading it, and I'm going to go back and read it because I've been hearing very, very good things, but um, I needed a break from Flash after Williamson, after, like, sticking with it for Josh Williamson's entire run, uh, which I enjoyed, and I'm not saying I needed a break because, like, I needed to walk away because it was bad. I just, it it was more Flash in my life than I'd ever had before. (laughs) It's a little, um, uh, it's a little cute. You know, sometimes these things get, you know, when it they, should be cute if it's Wally yeah. focused. Well, and it just the fact that it's Wally focused actually had me at, at Wally focused because, yeah. you know, now that the character has been, oh, has been g- finally rehabilitated in a real meaningful way after, after being brutally assassinated in Heroes in Crisis. Oh my God. That just, you know, ah. that's one of the things that made me stop spending money on comics was heroes in crisis. I was, was still buying and buying. And then I was like, Oh God, the hell with this. And I, I drifted off reading any of them. It, it, was, it, it pushed me, it pushed me over. And it you know, was, they had the rough. whole story about how it wasn't his fault. that The speed force had to, you know, vomit out Savitar or whatever that it was supposed to be going on, but it doesn't matter anymore. You know, just reasons. Now yeah. he's, you know, he's got the family and he's, he's being like, they're making him the, the every man again. Good. And it's, uh, it's got a, it's got a great vibe to it. It's got a great feel and I'm just grateful for it. And I think I'm going to keep reading it. Um, <laughs> spinning out of uh, world's finest and uh, Wade and Mahmoud Azrar's uh, Batman versus Robin is the Lazarus planet crossover next year. And giving Mark Wade a massive DC crossover is one of the best ideas that DC's had in a long run of very good ideas. They've been very strong lately. Uh, but Wade's a guy who who should be steering that line, or at least at some point in his career should have been steering the entire ship. And it's really nice to let them get his hands on it. Also, he's a talented enough writer to understand that when you're on a book with Dan Mora, draw whatever the hell Dan Moore wants to draw <laughs> right, write Whatever the hell Dan Moore wants to draw because uh, you've got doom patrol. You've got teen Titans, like old school, classic teen Titans, um, everything, just everything in world's finest looks spectacular. Supergirl and Robin teaming up and hating each other is a blast. And it looks so good. Um, also, I forgot to put on my ballot for Den of Geek is uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Mm. The Tom King. Oh, uh, right. That got Bill a lot of buzz. book. Yeah, I didn't read it, but I remember all the buzz around it. Yeah. There is there's stuff. There's Supergirl character work in there that should stick with that character forever. There's there's stuff that King and Evely make her do in her past that is beautiful and character defining and makes her a super person in a very distinct manner from Clark. And I love it. It's great. It's so good. And it looks amazing. She like these, like Marvel, the stuff that I like from Marvel is plot driven and character driven. And the stuff that I liked at DC this year, with the exception of action is really about the art. Um, world's finest Dan Moore is incredible. Uh, Bill Kazevely is unbelievable. Greg Smallwood on Human Target is ridiculous, just ridiculous. That book, it's like it's Darwin Cook's Parker, it's like it's that good. You know, the medium is just 
wallowing in a wealth of riches of artists. Another conversation I was just having the other day with somebody. There's so many good artists out there doing so much good work. There are. And I want to touch on some indie stuff for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, 20th century men at image. Mm-mm. Tell me about uh, it. Pitch me. Um, it's really hard to pin down the art style. Um, what is his name? Stipan Morian. He's a Croatian artist and it looks heavy metal 2000 AD ish, but it also has a lot of Kirby in it. And some, there, there are a couple of pages in it that look like the painted, like, um, what's his name? The guy who did Pluto, Naoko Urasawa. Um, it's like you see all of these influences in the art and it mashes together into something that I don't think I've ever seen before. It's it like the art in that is staggering, really, really intensely good. Um, it's uh, alternate history, sci-fi history of a war between the United States and um, Russia in Afghanistan, World War Three, starting in Afghanistan between the United States and the Soviet Union with uh superhero analogs so russia has iron man an iron man analog uh the president of the united states is uh, captain america actually he's kind of he's closer to us agent if we're being honest with each other and and uh the president lets their hulk out to attack the russians it's, it's and you can like if you if you look closely enough you see the avengers analogs being dropped into the story but it's really hard to focus that closely when the art is so interesting and different to look at. Uh, and then Zoe Thorogood's uh, It's Only at the Center of the Earth, uh, autobiocomic about uh, six months of depression during oh. the pandemic. Um, but there's a lot of just another one where there's so many art styles that like mash together. There's, you know, kind of manga-ish faces. Um, there's really heavy webcomic cartooning. There's some uh, photography mixed in. It's not quite fumetti. It's almost like collage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her sense of humor is incredibly black. But and it works. Um, you know, it, it's a story about depression. And you feel it, but yeah. there are there are parts of it that are really laugh out loud funny. Um, there's also like there's a vibe to it that's almost like daring you to like it. Though it's so self deprecating and self aware that it feels like you're being taunted a little bit with it. Mm. Uh, it uh, wonderful interesting reading experience well i guess i might throw in then um with a mixed i don't know if it's a full-on recommendation it's more of a of a notation of the the many deaths of layla star oh god so good another one that's so ram v his swamp thing is incredible Mm -hmm. The, the the everything he writes is worth reading it doesn't make sense the many deaths of layla star doesn't make sense until you you realize i mean narratively everything you're just reading this sort of almost sort of poetry on life and death um um it almost flows like a song sometimes but you know why are people still dying even though and it's funny because 
it, you start out thinking you're going to get some kind of Neil Gaiman inspired, you know, something or it's nothing like that at all. But yeah, so it's not for everybody because it's just something you don't want to think about. If you can just sit back and roll with the the art and the prose, it's a great thing. Very good. Every I, I will I, I will put a plug in. Uh, These Savage Shores uh, is a vault book that he did with I forget the artist's name. The artist is incredible. Uh, and came to work with him on some Justice League Dark stories, I think. Uh, it's a uh, the set on the Savage Shores is a vampire story set in colonial India in the 1700s. Hmm. Incredibly good looking book, really, really good action, um, but really, really smart too. And uh, his current run on Detective is based on opera. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's doing it. So this is also the year that Saga came back, which used to be my favorite book, but I didn't pick it up. Have you looked at any of it? I have the four issues sitting on my desk. I'm going to get to them eventually, okay. but it's it's hard for me to jump back in only to jump back out for another two years. And I don't want to yeah. hold it against the creators because they're both <laughs> incredibly talented people. And I want them to go at their pace, but it's just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let it sit and then bang out a dozen issues at a time, I think. There you go. All right. Man, we are taking our time here, so we better we better run to some TV quick. Uh oof. yeah, God, this we could some... do a TV's gonna be rough. There's a lot. <laughs> we should do you wanna save TV for next week or for we two could, weeks? We could talk TV. We could talk TV in two weeks. I, I have mean, lots of like, TV thoughts. I do too. And, uh, all of them good. I, I, you know, even the bad TV shows that I think people were complaining about, I thought were had value. Right. Um, I thought Obi-Wan was good. I thought Andor was Andor and Sandman are probably my best shows of the year. Peacemaker was amazing. Uh, what the hell else have I watched? Uh, welcome to Wrexham the documentary about Ryan Reynolds and um, what's his name from always sunny buying the soccer team. Right. Really like that. Uh, reboot the Hulu sitcom with uh, about bringing back a full house style uh, turn of the millennium sitcom and updating it for modern audiences, but it's a behind the scenes thing. Okay, really you're teasing funny. too much here. You were allowed to say a couple to tease for next week. And now you're getting TV was TV was really, really good, and we haven't even started talking about Star Trek yet. And we haven't. You're right. All right. So TV in two weeks. My previews uh, on on the conversation will also be Sandman and for all mankind. So I don't have the, Apple TV, and I don't see any circumstance where I get Apple TV. So you yeah, can you feel need free to get to it, to watch it for, me. for all mankind. So we'll see. And I am going to put a plug in for Bluey. It is a kids' show on Disney Plus. Bluey. It is imported from Australia. It's a cartoon about a family of dogs, and it has the most realistic children that I've ever seen in a show like this. And it has some of the best parent humor. Hmm. The last episode that's on this on Disney plus right now, the family puts the dad on trial for farting in the kid's face. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really good. It is a phenomenon amongst parents with kids under like seven 
but it's worth watching for everyone. I still haven't gotten over my PTSD from having kids that young, so I, I may or may not get to it. I'll take your word for it. Watch backwards. Uh, the the earlier stuff, it's all funny. It's all good. But the later stuff is smarter. And there's like adult stuff too. There's stuff about like losing a kid, you know, losing a pregnancy. There's stuff about, um, no, you don't even notice. Like if, you, if you're not looking for it, you don't notice it. There's stuff about postpartum depression. Okay. So the adult stuff is all depressing. Adults no, the adult stuff. Too. Uh, uh, no, the adults have lots of fun. There's, uh, you know, the dad, they're, they're, they pack the kids in the car for uh, a family vacation and they're trying to make good time and stay ahead of uh, the old people, the, the gray nomads behind them because they don't, they don't want to get caught driving too slow. There are two episodes where the kids pretend to be old ladies named Rita and Janet, and it is the meanest shit I've ever seen on television. <laughs> they are so mean to old people, and I I die laughing every time I watch it because it is just vicious. Vicious. All right, we could do this all week. So we'll yes. wait in two weeks and do the rest of it then. Yep, we will. And we got this. All right, it's going straight up. No editing. By God, this is we'll do it live. We'll do it live. See you next time. Thank you. 